Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Panels and Bars. I'm your host, BB Manic, and this week is a very special one. If you were listening last week, you remember Patrick and I talked about dream projects we'd love to see from any creator based on any comic book. That conversation was actually inspired by a good friend of ours, Rosie Knight. If you don't know about Rosie, she is an incredible journalist, writer, creator, and she's a massive geek. And so she really was the inspiration behind this. So it only made sense for us to invite her to the show and have Rosie's pitch along with the ones that Patrick and I did. We had a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy it. It's a great episode. So take a listen. Rosie, for those that don't know about your work, could you please let everyone know what it is you do and where they can find you? I am a writer. Uh, I write websites like Nerdist, Hollywood Reporter, um, Den of Geek, and I basically write about everything, comics, comics. movies horror movies anime manga all that kind of stuff awesome well thank you so much for joining us and being panels and bars first guest as the guest let's hear your pitch first uh well i just have my whole life is just thinking of movies that i would like really like to see (laughs) so i have many many uh kind of ideas do we have like a scope is this like any movie that we want to see ever or is it within like a this is any movie any cast you can do no no seriously you can do the punisher musical directed (laughs) by the coen brothers okay that sounds really good you should actually pitch that i went with people who are alive um and who haven't already been in a in, in a in a film in that franchise um i also kind of i mean look we've got we've got deep fake so you could do dead people as well to be honest with you yeah but i mean it's not great, is it? Like I'm not—I've never seen a really good one. That, no. looks, that you know what I mean. Like there's always kind of a weird rubbery face kind yeah, of no, quality about. Them. That's true. Yes, slightly, slightly morally circumspect as well as we. Yeah, exactly. Like, can we get like? Because you're not even because you're asking their family, and their family are all like, "Yes, I'd love some money. Please do put my dead relative in your <laughs> film." Like, yeah. Or the company already owns your likeness rights, so they'll just do it without even asking, Disney style. That's terrifying and depressing. Which which is very scary. Cool. Okay. So I don't know how much of a well-known character he's going to be for those at home who are casual comic book fans, but I went with... Okay, so actually, I've got two. I've got two. So one is kind of boring, and it's Brian Michael Bendis' Secret Wars. For those who know Marvel, there's been a few Secret Wars. There was the original Secret Wars, which was made to sell toys. The last Secret Wars, which was, I think, just to get the continuity back in some kind of order that was that. respectable. And then there's Brian Michael Bendis's Secret Wars, which is probably more famous for having the most insane erratic shipping schedule of all time than the actual story. Um, but it's essentially a story where Luke Cage, Spider-Man, Daredevil and Wolverine all slowly realize they were part of a special ops mission made by Fury that none of them remember because Fury's a dick and he just wiped their memory. Um, and he did that with the help of Maria Hill. And so I would love to see that done because it's got a bit of espionage. It's got a bit of political thriller to it and just all the character work involved in it. I think if you've got the right guys, especially Samuel Jackson, who's really not been given anything to do in the MCU, you could actually show how good these guys are at acting. And so my choice is I'd probably get the Russos to write it, but I would get Catherine Bigelow to direct it. Because if you look at everything she's done in the kind of military action genre, she can make stuff which is really big budget and 
blockbustery, but it also is really character driven and you actually care about these people and the consequences. So I'd probably, yeah, just I'd have those. My Spider-Man of choice would be Andrew Garfield because he is my Spider-Man. <laughs> um, Wolverine, I don't really care who you cast as long as he's a good actor. He has to be sure. Um, obviously, keep Sam. You got, you got no one for Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, like you got no ideas, nothing. I mean, put Danny DeVito in it. I don't care. I don't know who is short and hairy right now. Who could be here? I don't know. It's probably gonna have to be an unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just put it in variety. We're looking for a Danny DeVito <laughs> type in his thirties, um, and there you go. Um, Maria Hill I think Colby Smulders is like she's good she's not really been getting anything to do so keep her in the role Daredevil Charlie Cox if he wants it Luke Cage uh, who's the guy who is the lead actor in Moonlight let me google that but that's the guy I was thinking of he's not super ripped but he, he can, do you not he like Netflix Luke Cage is he is he getting fired I mean he's fine but I don't think he actually has that much range I mean, I don't really think he has that much to do, right? Like, maybe he's got loads of range. I'm sure I saw him in something else where he was good. Travante Rhodes. Travante Rhodes. Yeah, Travante. That guy has range. He's really good looking. I think he'd, he'd pull it out the hat. So I, I'd put him there, to be honest. Um, yeah. I would so like my to first see pitch. a younger Luke Cage. I think, like, the problem with casting Mike Coulter, apart from the fact that he's an uncle in real life, is they wrote him as, like, an uncle. <laughs> so it's like... They have all that weird respectability yeah. politics and blah, 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 which actually ironically mm. is kind of not at all what Luke Cage was about because he was like a basically a black exploitation character. This is it. And if you look at the kind of the origins of his origin, he was really taken advantage of. He should be really angry. And he's just uh-huh. kind of like, I'm fine. Everything's good. I'm just in the barbershop. He's <laughs> like, dude, be angry, be pissed. Um, yeah. yeah. In fairness, I think that I think that his Luke Cage is very much in line with current comic book mm-hmm. Luke Cage. Like it is, like since him and Jessica had the baby, that's been yeah. That's and there's been nothing. The there's Luke nothing wrong with I that. Read but I feel like he has no teeth as a character. Um, I I also feel like a lot of that stuff that I I love. I you know Brian Michael Bendis written a lot of really brilliant stuff, but I would like to see like Luke Cage based on like writing by black people. Yes. Because I yeah. do think that some of the Jessica Luke stuff has some weird fetishization yeah. in the comics, and I don't ne- that didn't necessarily translate over to the show fully. But like, I would just love to see like a uh, if that if that was going to happen, mm-hmm. the kind of Marvel Knights esque take on Secret Wars. Like, I'd love to see like a black director if Luke's going to be like a main character, yeah. black writing team. It would be really cool. I, I would I think- be very open to that. And I actually think you're going to probably see. The 2015 Secret Wars, that's probably going to be one of the next big MCU events. So I wouldn't be surprised if they brought well, I in... I say I would like it to be R-rated uh, for mine. Um, so my next choice... So I don't... They ain't going to do that. They, do, they won't, but fuck <laughs> it. You know, This is our dream. These are these are our dream pitches, right? So they can be whatever. So my next yeah, one... Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. I don't know how well known this character is for casual fans and people in the mainstream... But my next choice is Slapstick. So for those who don't know him, Slapstick is a Roger Rabbit type character who is literally a walking cartoon clown. And I would have them do it like that. I would have him be cell shaded, surrounded by a live action cast. So my choices for writers, I would have the script written by Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge because I think they're two of the best mainstream comic writers right now. Uh, In terms of the director, I would have Brad Bird because he's proved that he knows animation and how to work with animation numerous times, but he's also, he's from the Mission Impossible films, shown he knows how to do action as well. 
So that would be my choice. I and mean, I know with these things, ever since Aladdin, there's kind of this massive pressure to like, we have to have a star-studded cast. But I think if you're gonna have something which is this animation focused, you should just get someone who knows mm -hmm. what they're doing. So I'd get Tom Kenny to voice Slapstick. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I interviewed Ben Schwartz from- uh, Sonic. You know, Parks and Rec. Yeah. And uh, he, he plays like, um, and he was, yeah, and Sonic, yeah, he played, he voiced Sonic. His dream character to play is actually Slapstick. Get out. Apart from Spy, yeah, he, he wanted to, he, his dream was really to play Spider-Man because he's Jewish and from New yeah. York, but he's old now, so he's he's left that one in the <laughs> past. Um, but yeah, he like pulled out Slapstick comic. No so way. I was on the chat with him for this, yeah, for this Disney movie. So I think a Slapstick movie might not be too Okay, far you know what? Off. That's okay, a funny place. I'm recasting. We're putting Ben Schwartz in the entire role because I love him. I think he's really ah, funny. He would so love whack that. Him he would be... Whack him in there. <laughs> and he did Sonic. So there you go. Yeah, so he's, he's got he's voices. Got, yeah, he can do it. We are in a place where like any movie yeah. could happen or yeah, any show because we've literally just seen like a. They're deep in the barrel seen... now. Mm -hmm. Like exactly. they are, they are literally looking around, being all like, "Like we got a new mutants movie." <laughs> yeah. Um, like I can't. I mean, I mean, one, I, I like, like one that. division that was taking from some of the weirdest stuff. I mean, they had a reference yeah. to Wanda's like cow mom, like Bova. So really, I'm like slapstick movie it could happen I, you know what's really I'm like, Loki, they're doing kang what's really surprised me in this like this boom this renaissance of comic book movies and with how good cg is how has no one rebooted the mask that's crazy to me like i know obviously son of mask kind of fell on its face but like the first was huge and enough time has passed that more people remember that than the sequel so it's really surprising to me that no one has like done a mask reboot i feel like that's money in the bank yeah i i think that they're they're really uh, the studios are really keen to just adapt their own stuff so they don't have to pay anyone even though you get a lot of options for indie comics or, or different stuff like the the fact that there's not like a live action tick movie even though the show is really good mm -hmm. and, and that's like a cult comic but they don't want to pay ben who who made yeah. it like they want to just keep doing stuff that they own so they're going that's why we're get, getting to a place where they're doing like a Kang the Conqueror thing on Disney Plus, which just blows my mind. Cause that would have been one of my picks. I would have been like, I want to see a Kang yeah, the like Conqueror movie. The, yeah, the fact we're getting him in a TV show and a movie is crazy to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that other studios that don't own any comic book characters aren't, aren't going for like the mask or whatever. Like somebody must already mm -hmm. own that in Hollywood. It, it, I think New Line still Probably owns it. Probably a bit of a tonal issue. Yeah. So like if they haven't got any comic book properties, it feels weird to me that they're not, going to their what could we do to but i do think that like you can't it's like turtles like you can't go back to the mask comics because the all of the brand recognition amongst normal amongst normal audience is the jim carrey yeah. movie and so yeah. if you put it out everyone would be all like what the hell is this <laughs> like i'm not i yeah do you know yeah. what i mean like i can't i can't picture how you'd how you'd promote that like because You'd have to, the entire advertising campaign would have to be all like, it's like the mask, but not like the Jim Carrey. And then mask. the answer to that is you just launch the mask adventures and you have someone draw it in a Bruce Tim style so it's accessible for new readers. Mm -hmm. You know, you could do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, also as well, I do think that the, the whole like dark, gritty superhero thing that kind of studios really like, you, it's easy to fit some of those old, older indie comics like The Mask or The Max or even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though Nickelodeon owns it now, so they're never going to do yeah. this. But those have that space to fit into that world. Mm. But realistically, the truth is like, I mean, even New Line is just owned by Warner mm -hmm. Brothers. 
now. So it's like everything is owned by one corporate thing. So I think it's kind of funny to see these studios dipping into the absolute weirdest stuff yeah. because they need to keep finding but you know what the thing is i i like that and i think it was owned by aol right like so they're not and i assume that aol probably own is it like a is it a merger i was gonna say is the aol parts i think i feel like aol stole sold their their path in it didn't they okay so warner brothers was owned was owned by it was owned by at&t yes, right. that's it. That's what I'm of. and um and then what they did was at AT&T just sold the Warner Brothers catalog and Warner Brothers Studio in a merger to Discovery. Mm. So now the it's like Discovery Channel and Warner Brothers is one okay, company yeah. because AT&T didn't know what to do with it. So now DC Comics is owned by the Discovery Channel. <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's so weird. It's it's I mean it's Well that's a solid pitch as well like uh some sort of like documentary about about Mm-hmm. superheroes like a kind of a cops style like yeah. documentary piece would be something that i'd definitely be up for watching yeah that would be so interesting actually especially in a post boys world i think that's like really easy to do yeah. like it wouldn't even be a hard pitch yeah, at all. Yeah. especially if you wanted to look at like the different kind of archetypes of superheroes and like who behaves a certain way and who behaves another way and and who would maybe be trying to stop some of those superheroes like there's lots of good conversations about that like what is a vigilante like is it someone who's really going to help the police like is that realistic to what a vigilante would do like because the whole idea is you work outside of the law talking to patrick last week about like that's why i really enjoyed the hbo watchmen sequel because it's one of the few things that understands what alan moore was trying to say um, you know, everyone loves to throw around the phrase superhero deconstruction. But like, if you read any interviews with him, he's like, it's insane to be a grown man and to want to wear Lycra and hide out in the shadows is an insane thing to want to do. And, a lot and of to like people, Rorschach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, exactly. He's, you know, he's that yeah. he's that meme of, you know, like um, the guys you shouldn't mm-hmm. be rooting for that, you know, white straight males have totally adopted as their, as their savior. And it's like very few people get what yeah. he's actually going for. And I think- Yeah, I'm not at all surprised that. that Zack Snyder loves it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, and it's kind of, like, I, I didn't originally want to watch the series because that's like, um, Watchmen was like one of the original, like ultimate stolen creator projects where DC promised that they would get the rights back after a year and they put in this in perpetuity clause. So it was a year out of print. So Watchmen's never been out of print since it came out in 1986. So they could never get the rights mm. back. But I will say that is one of the most worthwhile adaptations 100%. that I've ever yeah. watched. Like it, I think the smartest thing is that it took the ideals and concept of what Watchmen did in 86, which was like talking about fascistic powers and talking about the danger of like mass oversight but then it recontextualized it to made make it relevant and important now by making it about race and making and and envisioning one of my biggest problems with like falcon and the winter soldier right is like if you're in if you're working in a world where a man can fly and where there's multiple universes why is the end of that series just that you have to work with the police (laughs) why is the end of that series that why is that all you can imagine yeah. like that's not a radical imagination no. but mm-hmm. but watchmen imagines a world where reparations exist where and and it's still not perfect no. it's just there's a different version of the world that we're living in 
and there's this possibility of something better or this possibility of, of what it could mean to be Dr. Manhattan or, or what it could mean to be a superhero and still contending with the realities of living in America. Yeah. So like, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think that's one of the cooler things that I hope is going to happen more is like superhero movies and TV shows have never really stuck that close to the content yeah. ever. There's not really, you can't really no, watch yeah. a film and say, even like Civil War, it's not really like no, a comic, right? It just takes some ideas. But I hope that there's going to be more Watchmen style stuff where it's like people use that looseness that you get from adapting from many different spaces, but use it to elevate ideas and to and to push the medium forward yeah. rather than being stuck in this like cycle of it's just first it was like oh it's just like lycra wearing heroes isn't that weird and then it's like oh what if they were kind of like the police or the military and it's like no no come on next part <laughs> yeah. next part I'm, I'm done with the military yeah. part like <laughs> Yeah, no, hundred percent, and it's you know we it, we it's it's so funny to hear you mention that because pretty much every week on this podcast since we started it, we've made a reference to Falcon Winter Soldier because I think of all the Disney Plus Marvel series, it was the one with the most potential. It had so many questions it could have asked, but like you said, it was like how difficult would it be being one of the world's most famous superheroes, but also being black? It's not that difficult. How difficult would it be if you had killed killed all these people and you had to like get back and find your way back from that person you used to be who was brainwashed? Oh, so it's fine, you know. <laughs> and it just brushes aside all these ideas that dramatically and potentially could have been huge and could have like allowed these really talented actors to stretch their chops, but they just didn't get a chance because you've got to beat the CGI monster by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And even though I loved One Division and even though I love Loki, I feel like they both still suffered from that. And it's it's Marvel having this lack of faith in the audience to try and do something a bit different i mean one thing i said to patrick is doctor strange is probably one of my least favorite mcu films but i love that ending where he has the loop and that's his way out of the giant cgi battle it's not just i'm going to punch you in the face it's i'm going to find a creative solution Mm -hmm. to this problem and we all know for the source material there's more than enough of that to to mine from so i don't know why they feel and and in fact i do know why they feel the need to do it you know Iron Man made a billion dollars so we need to just keep copy pasting that formula until we don't no longer do it but it's like you've got some of the world's best actors in this franchise let them act you've got some of the world's best writers and some of the world's best directors and and like as you said in the world where people can fly and men can turn into massive hulks get weird Mm -hmm. get friggin weird with this stuff like people want to see it yeah and I do think that there's definitely something to be said like I think that WandaVision, until the finale, I really felt like that could be an almost like perfect comic book adaptation because it was so oh, yeah. weird, but it did. And also Monica, I thought Monica Rambo was so amazing and, and they really created this new archetype for her, a superhero who chooses to be a hero, who who gets powers in that with their own agency and stuff. But the, like you said, Nine falls into that same thing. But I think the thing that's kind of really fucked up when you think about it is like WandaVision gets to be weird Loki gets to be weird but the show that's led by a black character has to be like grounded and military which is like always you know the thing is I didn't I didn't even mind that because the thing for me is if you're actually going to challenge the ideals of that country and challenge the industrial complex of that country and how their how the formation the foundation comes off the mm-hmm. back of of black work who that doesn't get talent that doesn't get reparation that doesn't get um sorry credit and doesn't get reparations i don't mind that i don't mind that story but i feel but like that's the problem they didn't do it 
And in the context of the wider MCU, right, which has this really, really dangerous, weird thing that they do where they militarize every black character to like a really extreme extent that didn't exist in the comics. So Rhodey, he was in the army, but he turned into a pacifist. He was never a war hawk. Yeah. Sam, he was never in the army. He was a social worker, which is one of the coolest superhero jobs to have outside of being a superhero. Yeah. They took that away. Monica, she's a scientist. They made her into like an army person. They're, they always do it. So I think in that context, the fact that like Loki gets to have like an hour long episode, right? Talking to his own, like a different version of himself and all this like deep contextual, like metaphysical ideas of self. But like you said, Sam and even Bucky, you know, he's there. Like they could have had an episode like that where they got to talk about what's it like to be the biggest like the most famous superhero in the world and be black and Bucky could have talked about being but they never yeah. got to have that space it had to be like explosion and also I have beef with that show on a personal level much deeper than anyone's because I love Isaiah Bradley yeah. in the comics and yeah. I love yeah. Truth, Red White and Black it's, it's like phenomenal. one of my all-time favorite phenomenal. comics so for me the way that they wrote out Isaiah being and the fact that they wrote him they decided that he was never Captain America yeah. and they wrote that out and they wrote out like the more real thick ideas about how they never really put no. the blame on the government in the same way that it is in the comics no. so i thought that was very sanitized and i also thought the ending where it was like isaiah is he's um, at the museum now <laughs> yeah 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 I was like, I was like, he didn't even want his yeah. name known but now he's in some museum full of stolen shit like i was like no like okay so that's actually you know that was one of the things i was thinking about I would like to see it. I, I love Carl Lumley and they made him look a lot older. So I would actually love to see a real. I've been saying Isaiah this to Patrick movie where yeah. he is. years. And, and you could have Carl play him because like. Exactly. Yeah. He is not that old. They oldered him up in the movie. And and like you could do a real truth show that, that actually or, or a film that actually deals with the Tuskegee style experiments that they did on this 300 yeah. black soldiers. You know, you could look into how. I mean, like he's so, it's such a huge monumental yeah. storyline. And that could be a really sick R rated, like war movie style MCU book, uh, film. And I just think that would be so powerful. There's, um, there's an issue of, I think, it would Young really Avengers. Rectify, in my opinion, how they, they can. And also, they took away I was going to say, so skills. there's an issue of, I think, uh, Young Avengers, where Steve has a conversation with Patriot and just basically apologizes and owns it. And, and, you know, says... I Yeah, because in the comic, Steve knows. Yeah. Steve finds out and he gets Isaiah the suit and he gives it to Isaiah, you know. In the film, they wanted to make it so everyone loves Steve. Yeah. So they're like, oh, Steve didn't know. I <laughs> he didn't had no idea him. any like, bad things uh... ever happened because he's such yeah. a lovely it's... guy. I was just saying, it's the same problem I had with Black Widow, which is, you know... Yeah, oh, well, don't get me started. Yeah. They, for years, they built up this, oh, she and Clint did all these terrible things and they need to wipe their ledger clean. And then it comes to the movie, it's like, well, other people made her and she didn't really want to do it. She's a good person. It's like, make up your mind. She other thought she blew up a kid. Too. Yeah. I mean, that whole movie is, yeah. Well, I have so many, I got a lot of stressful feelings about the Black Widow movie, but like, I totally agree. And I think that, I think the issues that they have is like they make these characters into these sort of there's no gray area these marketable they're like toys you know that yeah. it's the Batman thing that that they got the Harlequin creative team got told that Batman couldn't give Catwoman head because yeah. like you can't sell toys the heroes don't do that you know and they become that and then they lose any 
concept of like humanity, humanity or yeah. complexity or or layers and that's the issue is like if you're trying to sell a black widow toy then you have to give her like some weird trash i never liked black widow in the in the movies i mean in the comics she's barely got much and if she's yeah. like a spy and that's, yeah. that's cool but like i didn't like her in the movies anyway but that movie for me was just like i couldn't believe it when i saw the good reviews i was like this is just yeah, not for me no, man like, yeah me, me it, we, we, it's we reviewed, so we reviewed it last week i also think there's something very suspicious about yeah i think there's something very suspicious about the way that they decided they were gonna like diversify it by by making all the black widows like basically people of color and yeah, then just having to kill a bunch well. of them i was like yeah you know i was like why didn't you just do it like john wick which is always my go-to how you do a brutal action movie with a white lead well a, a, a white passing lead Keanu's yeah. not white but in that movie in in many action movies you are up against like a gang and they're either latinx or they're black or, or they're from south america so everyone who gets killed is a person of color right yeah. but in john wick they're like no they're russian gangsters so everyone who gets killed is white and you yeah. can just enjoy them being killed and there's no weird racist <laughs> like, nice white yeah. on white violence yeah. <laughs> white on white violence it's okay we're okay with it but like i felt like in black widow her backstory has always been this weird russian uh secret spy why didn't they just keep them as white people like how come the first person she killed was asian the next person she killed was was black like every woman that she had to come against was suddenly a person of color and i was just like i just this is the kind of idea of like inclusion or like yeah. where they cast loads of background characters and they don't really think yeah. about what they're yeah. doing and it's very it's very annoying to me also that nirvana cover where it's like <laughs> they're playing a nirvana cover at the beginning of the Thank credits you. over it's some so children bad. being trafficked so bad. i was like i was like what is wrong with you i was like who who i i just, i didn't say anything about it on in, on i don't have twitter anymore which has been a blessing and I, I, on my Instagram, the only thing I wrote was I was like, I, in my stories, I was like, whoever did that Nirvana cover over the images of children being trafficked, like, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> so I was just like, this is just, it's just bad. Like, yeah. what, it's like an opening scene of like NCIS or something. Like, yeah, it was, it, it just, I'm glad like, it's over. They I'm might as well have just had hashtag edgy over the opening credits. And I, I love Florence Pugh. I am number one oh, yeah. Florence Pugh. And I love fighting with my family. I'm actually so, I think that movie is so incredible. And I wish that they had, in that movie, she plays this real life wrestler. And Age, yeah. her body type, yeah, the way that she, um, just everything about it is so great. And after that movie, I was like, she has to be She-Hulk. I would love to see like a, a black She-Hulk, maybe like a, a someone who's really tall, like a Gina Rodriguez or something. But like, that's not going to happen. So I'm like, Florence Pugh She-Hulk. So when they cast her to be this like new black widow, I was very upset, but she's really great in that movie. She is great. That movie would suck ten thousand times more if she wasn't in it. But my question is, how long is it going to take them for her for them to pull a wonder and just slowly have her accent fade until she's American in the third film? One Definitely. movie, <laughs> one film. It, next gonna... time we see her, exactly because you know they'll just say, "Oh, she got she got snapped." It's been five years now. She speaks mm -hmm. in an English accent. <laughs> she she got she got Americaned. Like yeah. Thanos just, was like, yeah. you're American now. <laughs> Everyone is American now. American as all things should be. Yeah, I think that she'll I think that she has the potential. I also think they'll have a dye of hair red. I think the next time we see her, she'll be all like 
Definitely. love my sister. I've got to dye my hair red, and they'll just slowly have her act like Scarlett Johansson and be all like, to be honest, I'm really confused about what they're going to do because obviously the way that Marvel works in the comic books is a very strict it's been a few years. Everyone's the same age they used to be. Everyone's the same people. Yeah, and, and like, they change the timeline constantly to make yeah, that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm kind of confused. I wouldn't be surprised if all this multiverse stuff allows them to shove in like some alternate timeline ch- child versions of like Steve oh, and Tony. Yeah. Definitely. So that in a few years' time, they can be all like, hey, yeah, look, it's I young mean, Captain America. So what they've done, this is something I was thinking about a lot recently that's really funny, is like, because the MCU is so streamlined and always has been, mainly because they didn't have a lot of characters who were well-known to work with, but like, because they had this vision and they had at the beginning a smaller budget, they've basically created this incredibly streamlined thing, but they've they've written themselves into a corner. So that rather than DC where they have all these different versions and they have to streamline it, Marvel has to now blow up their timeline with the multiverses to add in young Tony, which is a comic book thing. There's a version where he's young. The X-Men, you know, there's the, they travel in time. All these characters that they now own, they now have to, exactly, Blade and Vampires, they now have to blow up the world so they can then streamline it again with Secret Wars, probably. And it's really funny, because you're right. It's it's funny, it's like when you look at Civil War and you open that gorgeous two-page spread and it's crammed with characters in every single inch. And then you watch the movie adaptation and it's six people running up to each other in there for. No, I have to say, that's like the one thing that I really was so surprised that they actually did in Endgame. Like, to me, I'm like, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, you have to go all out. So that final scene in Endgame, that's kind of what Civil War was meant Should to look been, like. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So I was 100%. like... I was like, well, well done to you for this insane amount of people. <laughs> Who are all those people in Endgame, though? <laughs> yeah. Right? Can like, because we... we see like 30 or 40 people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. lot of, there's, it's a lot of um, CG'd, CG'd Wakandans and yeah. CG'd yeah. like Sorcerer you know Supremes. You like... I really thought was going to happen. And, you know, looking back on it, of course, it was never going to happen. But I thought for one second, one of those Doctor Strange portals was going to open up and you'd see the Netflix, the Defenders walk out. I thought that would have been so cool. But obviously, as far as Kevin Feige is concerned, that's not canon. <laughs> I thought that when they did this, when they announced this multiverse thing, I thought they were kind of just worried because they'd seen the DC Crisis event, which did it in a really fun kind of throwaway, but 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 really expansive for what we'd see in fashion. Yeah. And I think the reality is actually, I have been surprised with the level of storytelling and depth that they are putting into it and the characters they're pulling from. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we did see Charlie Cox or someone and it wasn't just like a two minute cameo. Like I think Charlie Cox was such brilliant Daredevil casting. And I'm not a huge, in hindsight, I'm not really a huge fan of those, the Netflix, the tone I, at the time, they were really exciting, but now it's not the kind of stories that I love. Mm-hmm. But I did think the casting was really good. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie Cox was so good. So I, yeah, I don't think too. it's, wild to imagine that you could see him obviously i actually think that the new shang chi movie is going to introduce a new iron fist and it's not going to have anything to do with whatever his (laughs) name is would be great he's gone he's gone whatever happens i think mike Coulter is too much of a publicist worry for disney because he's always saying gina carano-ish oh grim so i don't think he's coming back yeah, it's not, he's not, he's not, he's not on that level, but he does. And you're only have... one Twitter meltdown from yeah, that level. They got... all are. Like, <laughs> exactly. He's like, 
he's he's got very bad opinions about black women i'm really interested to see what happens with letitia right she's one of my absolute faves but she had a weird like yeah covid anti-transgender meltdown and she's very very religious i think she was lucky because that was around the time when a lot of other celebrities were also saying very questionable things so luckily i think she kind of got swept under the rug at that point Something I love her so much, and in my opinion, the Black Panthers, the second Black Panther movie, should just be a Shuri movie. That's a movie I, I, I would like to see. I could, I'll just but say, it's I'll not going to happen. Funny that you know, it's funny. You see all these people that tweet. They'll tweet a picture of Robert Downey Jr. and be like, "I couldn't imagine anyone ever playing this role, man. They nailed it. They could never recast." But then the minute Chadwick Boseman died, everyone was like, "You have to recast. You know, we need the character to stay <laughs> in the MCU." It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Which is so ironic because they don't. Like any rich drunk white guy can play Iron Man, but like yeah. Chadwick really was T'Challa in this way that nobody really expected. Even I mean, it was his Chadwick's choice to have funny, accents. Like, he literally refused to do yeah. the role if they didn't get accent coaches because Kevin Feige originally wanted them to have American accents. Like he was so influential in everything that made that movie what it was. And also, even his weird like when Chadwick joined, everyone thought he was like twenty seven, but he was already like forty. Even yeah. that, like, there's not many people who can have the like age and experience of like a forty year old, but look like they're like twenty five. Like, yeah. there was just, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I don't think that they're not going to recast. I think I know that they cast Reggie Jean Page in the MCU. Mm. A lot of people think he's going to be Casper Cole. I don't really like that version of the character because he's a cop. But that yeah. would be very MCU-ish. Marvel loves I... their yeah, cops. They'd, they'd love that. I bet, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I bet they'll make him into a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's like a soldier cop. But, yeah. No, no. But I I hope maybe they cast him as Reed Richards. Oh, yeah. Because they I didn't agree. say what movie he was cast in. Well, and he would be such a good Reed. And also, it would tie in with Kang being black Thank as you. well. So that That's was... my number one. That's, I do think they have a really this is okay so this is a half pitch because I know I could I just tangented off the original thing <laughs> I I'm loving this it's good I could I I just love talking about this stuff it's a world day but I could definitely see a world where you ha- use the Fantastic Four as a space to make like a black led superhero movie mm. um, where basically you have Kang we already know he's black and he's the descendant of Reed's dad so Reed is black. And then Doom is black. And you just have those three as your key. There's no reason that couldn't be a thing. Like There is, there is none. However, so cool. because of all the negative reaction with Michael, against Michael B. Jordan for Fanforstic, I just think Feige's going to play it safe. And I could see this being John Krasinski. And... I, if they oh. do that, that will be the corniest thing. I, my gut says this is the realistic thing. I think someone like Raul Cooley from... Uh, Bly Manor, who played Owen, I think he, I think that they will either do a black suit, I mean, they'll do a person of colour suit or a person of colour read, and I think Doom is a, I don't, I think that now they know there's going to be just as much backlash if they do Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Yeah, That's yeah. the thing, like, people, it's, it, in Fanforstic time, there was a lot of trolls, Yeah. and that, but now there's a lot of trolls, but there's also a lot of people who are like, well, I don't really want to watch this movie if it's just going to be four white people. Yeah. And they're not, I don't think they're so worried about the monetary issues because it's Disney and it will make money. But I do think there's a very, they, they're setting a very eh, dangerous, but just corny precedent if they do Marvel's first family and they're all white. Yeah. It's just corny. Yeah. It's just corny to me. Okay. So I want to ask you guys this question. It kind yeah. of fits in the pitch, but this is one of my recurring things I'm thinking a lot about. 
how do you do Magneto now? Because he's too old to be a World War II yeah. survivor. Unless yeah. you're doing a Krakoa-style thing where he is he's been in an egg been reborn <laughs> and he's been reborn and he's been reborn and this version of him still has this memory of his family in Auschwitz. How do they do that? Because that is, I'm so interested. mutant concentration camps. You could write mm-hmm. a world yeah, but I mean, that's been a thing. It's not really got the same kind of of connotations. And the thing is, I think that if you try and make him a Jewish survivor now, then you're going to get into some Israel stuff that they're okay, never so going to go this, near. This is like, never going to happen because of this is never going to happen because of Ike, who's like a fucking ex Mossad guy, right? The guy who has the biggest amount of money in Disney, but and used to own Marvel. But how it would be really good if they did it where it was like. Magneto was like a Palestinian Jew. That would be incredible. They would yeah. never that do would, it. Would, they would never do it, but that would that be incredible. Would be incredible. Yeah. Other, so these are my other ideas that will never happen. He was in Guantanamo Bay okay. and he's Muslim. Uh, and he can be a Muslim Jew too. Like there's, I think you could have a really cool Magneto. If you're going to do the whole, I think the thing that's most likely that's going to be really corny, I think there's a cool version of it, but I don't think they'll do the cool version. I think they might do a, Everyone always says, oh, it's based on Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X, which was a, a that retcon, was a retcon by Stan Lee because he was like, I'm woke. Yeah, if that, that, that thing that you said. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what? They do kind it does kind of work. It works. But I think it's more likely. Slightly, but yeah, it's not Exactly. It like, it, I think it, that is kind of like something they would do because they love to have like a radical black character that they can be like, this character is really empathetic. Killmonger, uh, Carly, you know. And they go, and you're like, oh, okay. And then they're like, but they also just want to kill everyone because yeah. that's what <laughs> radical people do. Like, yeah. and, and and so I think it's kind of likely that you might get like a black civil rights Magneto who, which could be cool, but they won't do it in a cool way. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my thing with the X Men is like, eventually when they do join the MCU, I just need someone at Marvel to realize there's more than six people in that universe like stop showing us the same damn mutants every time let me see the warlocks let me see weird characters with stuff growing out of their faces i want to see maggot i want to see slug i want to see like just all the weird show me the guys from the the savage land i want to see weird shit like stop showing me wolverine and his friends over and over again so i do think that black panther 2 is going to be savage lands that would be because the description that they did was talking about like all these different aspects of like um you saw who got announced today right in the casting michaela cole who i'm that better be storm or i'm gonna be yeah i think it's gonna be storm so it's not gonna be i think it's more like it'll be like a dora milage like anika or um um, nick mentioned that it could be like monica lynn who was Mm. like one of t'challa's like girlfriend harem kind of things Right, he's so good. Well, he just got. They just announced that he's in the new Jordan Peele movie, so I'm sure he's not in this one. Where's well, the thing? Because like, where was he right during now. the massive battle in Endgame? Like, did he just he's like, you guys go ahead, I'll, I'll catch up. Like, Disney obviously didn't have <laughs> enough money. I think so. Yeah, he was too busy like learning about Fred Hampton, and he was like, "What is the thing? Like, it's probably a bad decision on their part to yeah. have him married to one of the core characters if he's never going to come back." I've actually got a pitch that touches really? on a lot of the stuff that we've just gone through. Go for it. Let's go for it. Tell me. Okay, so what I've got written down is it's real it's real brief is uh, Generation X Jordan Peele. Um, so you'd have the weird. What I what I think is that like Gen X touches on some really really body horror stuff with the mutants, uh, and I think mm-hmm. that Jordan Peele obviously would be a great choice for that. But it's also 
like it's from that 90s era of Marvel where like it's it's terrifyingly diverse. Like for a little while, like it would oh, like yeah. I'm surprised they didn't scare off all the comic book fans where they were all like, this one's about Chinese people and Latin people and black people and it, you know what I mean? Like, and like, there's there's mm-hmm. barely any white people. The the white guy's Irish. Um <laughs> and like I feel like that would be like a really I feel like there's a lot of and I I do have a personal attachment to Gen X that I know that most people don't have i get that it's kind of a forgotten no i think i think think it's the right time for a gen x movie i think about gen x all the time and i think that jordan peele call is like yeah because i nearly pitched ecstatics um but i couldn't get beyond my pitch was that i just want a 10 minute silent scene of dupe looking at the screen and freaking the audience out (laughs) but yeah I'm i'm a massive fan of those characters so yeah gen x is a great call me too. I have a dream chamber casting as well. Oh, I think oh. about all the time. I think John Boyega would be an incredible cha- chamber. Yeah. Really, it needs is that, <laughs> that's, 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 that's Jonathan's only, only thing chamber. he's got, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's like, but I'm like John Boyega. I'm like, that would be a perfect chamber. He's cool. He can be like moody. He can be an action hero. Like, yeah. I just yeah. And I, I and I. I was thinking so cool. Daniel Kaluuya for for skin uh, for Sink. I mean, because he's oh, um, that would be amazing. Because yeah, because like I feel like Sink is like a character who's like he's 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 composed, but he's scared, and he's got like a real kind of depth to him because he's always feeling other people's. And I think he'd just be spectacular at that. I, yeah, I, I mean, get out, like, and also like widows. Those are both like yeah. good reels for that. I think that another thing that would be re- that is potentially cool about the multiverse if they go this route, which I do think is possible for the next five years or so, I think that we are in a space where we could get the more auteur-driven MCU. Mm. Like, they started it with Black Panther and Coogler, you know? Like, yeah. like uh, you know, Taita and Thor 3. Here's, here's the thing. Pretty much all of those directors, everyone from the beginning, from Favreau to Branagh, are capable of very stylistic, very individualistic visions that have their own look and feel to them the problem mm-hmm. is feige wants everything to be this streamlined recognizable i mean yeah. even if you look at the eternals she's a fantastic director and it just looks like every one of their films it's a colorful and bright i hate that they the way that that film looks because i've seen chloe Zhao's movies right and i right have seen the way that she shoots the sky and I've seen the colors that she can get from it, you know, in the rider and, and stuff like that. So to see that movie and to see the way they it just looks so the colors with that fucking it looks so filter, and it, it kind of drives me mad because I think about this a lot, right? About like, I'm going to bring up one of my favorite topics here that has nothing to do with what I talk about, which it. is Twilight. <laughs> but I've been thinking, I think a lot about how people rag on Twilight because it's like for girls, yeah, it's like teenage the, the world girls, hates right? anything. It's, it's, it's also. Girls. Exactly. And you know what? Those movies, I've been rewatching them because they're on Netflix. Absolutely wild, just bonkers shit. Like, and I get it. It's not for everyone. But something that people rag on all the time, each one of those movies has this filter that gives it like a different color, right? So the first one is very cold and blue. And personally, I actually think the first movie is a pretty legit, like $5 million genre indie movie. It's, 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 and it's very, very funny and it's it's terrible acting, but it's it's like it's why why shouldn't that exist in the same space as a million Bruce Willis straight to DVD movies? Yeah, but the funny right. thing is, people critique 
the way that Catherine Hardwick and 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 the, use this filter. But I'm like, have you seen a fucking MCU movie? Like yeah. they have this one filter that they put over everything that makes everything look the same. Unless you're yeah. lucky enough to be Taika and you're doing a movie they don't care about, or you're Ryan, yeah. and they're like, well, we don't know if black we don't know if black superheroes sell, so you can kind of do whatever you want, and if it does well, like good for you. Yeah, but Guardians like, has got a bit of a look to it as well. Kind of, yeah, a, it's got and, some sort of personality. You know what? Guardians was like, I remember that came out before the new Star Wars trilogy, right? And I remember going to see it and just being like, visually, I don't see how you make a better modern space drama. Because it had yeah, this really cool cosmic yeah. look. I have to say, I'm, I'm not a huge Guardians fan. I used to okay. think the best James... I, you know what? I, I don't like Chris Pratt as a... No, I, and I, 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 like I, I don't feel like the character characters really work for me. But I do think it was a cool, necessary addition to the MCU it added the funny kind of um anachronistic music mm. it added uh, a personal style that some of them hadn't really gotten to have before I, outside of Favreau setting up the original style I really yeah. like yeah. Nebula yeah. Well, is what I'd say I, I really like Karen Gillan's version she's of Nebula so good. And, and, and like I really would like to see more I'd like if she got a tv show like yeah I uh, agree because also I think in Endgame they did such an unreal job with her like yeah, she got to have like, such an incredible arc and Karen yeah. Gillan is so great and I I'm just like I was like a bit I I've definitely had some negative feelings about James Gunn in the past but like I don't I don't know when this is going to come out so I won't say too much but I I just I saw the Suicide Squad I've seen it twice now and like I went in with the absolute lowest expectations and that film is like a fucking masterpiece like it is like a anti-imperialist, anti-MCU, oh, that... R-rated war movie made by a pacifist. Oh, that, that does also... sound good. You've just hit on what I was going to talk about, which is that we can, you know, people like to slag off DC all day and say like they're just throwing anything at the wall and seeing what sticks. And yeah, that is a lot. There is a lot yes. of truth in that. No, but there is also like Joker doesn't feel like what the Suicide Squad feels like and Shazam felt different from that and it this looks is the like truth. the Batman's going to be different from that and it's like they all feel like they could be in the same universe but also stylistically individual. The most powerful thing that they do and I know this for a fact because I've talked to James now and I've talked to oh I've talked to both Jameses James Gunn and James Wan who I've talked to a lot nice. I, I love acting Aquaman I'm like the number one Aquaman stand. like <laughs> the fact that movie got made at all with a fucking in like Polynesian fucking Aquaman, like, and that it's so bonkers and so bright and so colorful and so camp. I mean, there's moments in that film that just I can't believe are real. It's a bizarre like, film. I don't think I don't. Dude, I don't moment, think I've seen Aquaman. Oh my god, you have to watch it. It's you will it's not weird. believe it's, it is yeah, real. It's weird. And I assume I steered clear because of the because of the Zack Snyder stink. I was all oh, no, 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 I don't no, no. Know. dude. Like, this is if you could think of a at least a, the movie that is furthest away from Zack Snyder movie. It is Aquaman. Oh, well, this, I'm in there is a scene in this movie, and I'm going to tell you about the scene. It's not a spoiler. It's just incredible. There is a scene in the movie where that Aquaman is on a boat with Mira, and you hear a flute sound, like a soundtrack, because it's very beautiful, and they're on this boat. And they pan along the boat, and it's fucking Mira playing the flute. Like, <laughs> that is the level of this movie. Like It is... They have Topo the fucking octopus playing a drum solo in this movie. Like it is, but when I spoke to James at every single point, he said, they told me I could do whatever I wanted with this movie. I could make well, this movie. And that is what they did with James Gunn with the 
Suicide Squad, yeah. and you can tell because that movie, I f- I'm so interested to see how it lands because to me, yeah. that is a movie. Well, you know what? Here, I here in the UK, Warner's actually giving it a massive put. I mean, I actually I can't speak for for Patrick and Nottingham, but in London, it's on every other bus. It's on a bunch that makes of me very happy. It's at the bus. I would say so. They're really I haven't been outside, it. so I don't know. Like it's very. <laughs> it, that is very smart because, in my yeah. opinion, it is the kind of film that could capture a British film audience yeah. in a way that Aww. some other MCU movies haven't because it's very, it feels like it's spiritually, in my opinion, and aesthetically and tonally, it is most close to Birds of Prey, which yeah, I, I loved, another movie where they just Birds let a direct, Harley especially, it's a direct continuation of her story. I mean, you're doing like, a way better job of selling it to me it than is, the advertising house, this... so, like... Um... <laughs> oh, you know what? I, because I, I know from, I'm, I'm pretty sure... My my gut feeling says they're a bit worried about it because it really is a true. They let him do what he wanted. Like when I I went to see yeah. it the second time and I was just like, how did this get made? Like how this yeah. is too cool to have been. And it's and it's very indie and it's very. It feels kind of so influenced by seventies war movies I mean, the fact and kung fu movies is in stylistically. It. It's just like and insane. Not just that. That movie has. I cried like three or four times Ooh. in that movie, and wow, one of those okay. times is to do with Starro. That's how oh, good wow. that movie okay. is. Wow. Okay. And, and and at every time, at every time that movie feels like it's going to be cruel or snarky, which is something that I feel like God thinks. Yeah. For a movie where people's heads are getting blown up quite regularly, Suicide Squad is incredibly and also, kind. It feels like a movie of gentle growth. Just That's you my should feeling. not expect to cry because you're a cold dead monster. Yes. But like, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> I'll cry. be. I'm no, sure no, no. I'll be in tears the whole way through because, like, Every, I, I I just burst into tears every five everyone's minutes. Everyone's going to cry. Movies. There is a there is one character that they haven't released who's playing them that, that they haven't released who's in it. And that arc, which probably is only two or three, four minutes of the whole movie, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't cry when that happens. The, wow, the, okay. the movie is... Yeah, and I just... I think you're right about DC. I don't think it's throwing everything at the wall. I think it is giving people creative freedom to make the movie they want within these worlds. Because their movies aren't bland. Like, I was say, you guys probably yeah. know this, but like Ava was supposed to be the initial director for Black Panther. And she was saying that when she sat down for a meeting, she was actually super excited. And she said to Feige, oh, I can't wait. I've never directed action before. And he said, oh, don't worry. That's all taken care of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So allegedly that happened. They asked a French, a French woman director to direct Black Widow, and she turned yeah. it down because they said she wasn't allowed to direct the action. Yeah, because they, they they've already got it finished, haven't they? They're already halfway yeah. through the action and scenes, which is why you have that ending for Black Widow that doesn't mesh with the rest of the film also, at all. can you really believe that they made that Black Widow ending have the traditional something falls out of the sky MCU ending? Yeah. Like, that's going to be a joke, right? something falling out of the sky, right? Like I was cracking up. I was like, haven't we moved past I this? I don't know if you saw um, Honest Trailers released on this trailer for Black Widow and they had a great segment where they talked about the fact that you've got all these actors doing these terrible Russian accents and then the one actor who was actually of Eastern European descent has no lines in the entire film. Yeah. Also, <laughs> so, what was like the the F the FT FT's character where it's just like a magical black guy who shows up with some goods and then he just leaves <laughs> and walks into the woods. I was I like can't. I say, he was actually one of my favorite parts of the film. He was one of the few parts where I was like <laughs> 
I can't handle how English he is. Like having watched seasons of The Handmaid's Tale, where he's got like a beautiful American accent, and like, I, like mm-hmm. I, he's just Luke. And then like I saw a behind the scenes thing in The Handmaid's Tale. It's like it's like Idris Elba when I saw him for the first time outside The Wire, and it's just like I'm not ready for you people to be that English. Okay, Don't I'm gonna tell you something though. But this will be my last Suicide Squad thing. Idris Elba. Okay. 10 out of 10 best performance he's ever given. Yeah, I mean, given. he's he's spectacular, isn't he? Like He is incredible, but trust me, if you, I, I love I love Luther, right? And I love The Wire. Yeah. But I feel like in his films, he hasn't been given that space mm, yeah. to touch on that. And this is, mm. this Suicide Squad is where he gets that space. He was really good thing. I love Mr. Ali, right? I love Mr. Ali, but I think Idris should have been Blade, especially when you think about the fact that Blade is actually British. I think oh, he would have crushed okay, okay, it. Okay. Like, I think he would have crushed it. This is one of my... I had like 50 pictures for this, but this is one of go my ahead, ultimate pictures. <laughs> a real British blade based on black and white blade set in the 1920s where blade is raised by sex workers and a fucking black jazz trumpeter. That is like so right. cool. How is that not... It, you don't have to I mean, to it's do... insane to me we haven't had any form of Excalibur yet. Like, it would be so cool. I mean... There's so much that they could do. And I do, I think Marshall is obviously like a sick blade casting. Oh, he's going to really... be incredible. But I just think Idris, oh man, he's got the physicality for it. He's got the range. Oh. He's got And humor. I think that he's old. Like something that he brings to Suicide Squad is this, this tiredness, this like, this sadness. And that is mm. so much a part of who Blade is, especially as he yeah. grows older. And um, yeah, I, I would love to see that. I, my dream director for Blade was actually Dee Reese because she's so amazing and like she's always been dreaming of of doing these big genre movies, these big budget mm. sci-fi fantasy style things, but she's just not getting that as like a black woman. And, yeah. and 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 so like I think it's kind of a missed opportunity to have a black woman direct a black lady superhero movie. But I'm super 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 stoked for Nia DaCosta doing the Marvels, especially as I didn't yes. love Captain Marvel. But I love Monica mm, Rambeau. Yeah, yeah. And um No, and so, like so I, for- I feel like Captain Marvel it like I really like the idea of it. And then there were moments in it that were really beautiful. And then it spent quite a lot of time being all like, remember the nineties? And I was a bit like, yeah. But like remember the nineties when it was not cool a particularly to be in fun the army. Blight, like- you know what I mean? Like <laughs> well, I mean, I think that the thing with the army, because we've touched on that a few times, but like they get loads of money from the army, oh, don't they? And that's it's, why it's so, so I mean, disgustingly they get militarized. So much money. Money and it's so gross. Like usually, it's like they get some, they get the money, right? But for Captain yeah. Marvel, the fact that they aimed it towards children and then yeah, actually and then, ran yeah. a Captain oh. Marvel themed recruitment ad at the beginning, I, think, I was like, I think that's a documentary too much. about it. There's a documentary about it, and the only movie that didn't get funding from the military was I think it's the Winter Soldier, and it's because Cap questions. <laughs> the military <laughs> and then once they cleared up that um no don't worry it was secret nazis fine secret, secret nazis. nazis the military was like here's your money marvel keep shilling that <laughs> propaganda <laughs> like come on I man mean, it's it's kind of bonkers when you think about it like i'm sure that in 50 years maybe if things have moved in a better direction there will be a lot of critical thinking about, about yeah this that. well and, i think that and the way it's used because like you know something like top gun you can laugh because you're like, this is actually hilarious that they thought this gay shit was going to like make people want to join the army when really it's just going to make people think that joining the Air Force means you're going to get laid by like hot men in short shorts playing volleyball. Well, maybe it but, did like, make people join the army. Oh, it did. I, mean, I know like... that's the craziest thing. Is like, but the wildest, but like the MCU is like a 10, 12 year 
military tree, advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's so bonkers. But the thing is, it's, Marvel's always been into that. I mean, Marvel made those comics for Northrop Grumman, you know, the, the weapons company and yeah. stuff. And yeah. the, the, the constant video game funding from gun companies is something that I'm consistently like, I think in like 30 years time, we might all be looking at that and being all like it is insane that yeah. like so much money was being poured into video games by people who sell guns on in walmart I mean, that's like, like the the army recruitment centers where they would just set up arcades of like with call of duty and shooting mm. games right to like drawing yeah. kids and you're just like I mean, that's, call not, of that's not good <laughs> so, so like i don't i don't want to suck dc's dick too much but um they i don't know if you've seen recently they released a mandate which is that none of the publicity for action figures can contain weapons and the stuff they do now, which is going to be Walmart and Target exclusives, won't have weapons in them. You'll only be able to get them from the direct market with weapons. That's pretty them. cool. So basically, yeah, you know, and it's... I, yeah, I think that's fair. It's, it's, I think it's a good step in the right direction. Well, in I also fairness. think that doesn't surprise me. Because, like, Suicide Squad, I really do think is, like... That's, like, an anti-war movie, in my opinion. Mm. So I'll be very interested to see if that follows through and more of what they're doing. Well, I think also, aside from the Gen X one, I've on my list of imaginary movies, I've got nothing Marvel. Because although we've talked okay. about the MCU loads, I find it all a bit like, like I think that the, the space that DC gives people to experiment means that you can imagine a weird DC movie much more easily. Like, uh, I've got Andy Samberg plastic mask yes! down. I don't have anything yes! beyond that. Okay, like... I was going to re- do a callback, but Ben Schwartz had actually written uh i think it was plastic man rather than yeah i think it was plastic man he's the one who was a a bank robber right he started off yeah plastic man's plastic man's the silly one okay so uh so yeah so he'd actually written a plastic man script as well like he really was trying to get in there yeah, but Andy Sandberg is Plastic Man. Ten out of ten would watch. That's a great show. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a director. I don't have anything else. I've just got that. Just those three add words. That my um my slapstick movie would have been soundtracked by um Grizzly Bear because I don't feel there's like enough Grizzly Bear music out there. So. <laughs> that out there. Uh, <laughs> I've also give the people the jobs. I've also written down Studio Ghibli Crypto the Superdog, and again I have I have nothing yes! beyond that. But like. Yes. Take my money now. In my mind, no. it's silent. Honestly, and there's just, I'm like, like, it's just crypto on like, its adventures. The fact that I un- the the fact that there aren't more animated move superhero movies. Yeah, it's really weird. That are getting a big screen release, it upsets me on a personal level. Any Especially when type Spider Verse I mean, is the best thing ever. It's, it's the best oh. Spider Man movie. Yeah. Imagine if they did a Studio Ghibli X Men movie. But it, it's just about like, like kids studying and like playing baseball or barely any powers and barely yes. like... any powers. And there's like one kid who's trying to find their powers, who's obviously a girl, maybe it's Jean Grey or something. And and the whole movie is really just about being about at that. school and talking. Like, yeah, like I would yeah, be all and getting over that space that. to breathe. That's my that's my ultimate dream project, which I was like saving for at the end of this, which is basic, but. Like I, I don't, you know, Miyazaki is too much of a genius. No. He's never taken that Disney money to, to help, you know, get something made. But um, well, one thing that not, one thing but, that we've said a couple of times is that it's really weird that they haven't get it. Like I know we're veering; it's veering a little bit towards a different thing Disney owns. But how is there not like a Pixar droids movie, like a Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm, it just yeah. makes so much sense. And also, like I, I have like mixed. 
I have like up and down feelings about Pixar that are usually contrary to what other people think. But like, I what I watched Luca thinking I was going to be ragging on it, right? Because like I'd heard this like secretly get like quibbing. I just thought that movie was fucking brilliant. Like I loved it mm, on like every. It it's, no, it's, I haven't watched. It's really gay. Whether or not the guy realizes it's gay, it works as a beautiful analog for queer awakenings. And I'm sure that it also works for people on a friendship level. But you know what is so powerful about it? It's so simple. It has, it's got beautiful settings. It doesn't play too much to this idea that Pixar's really for adults. Like it's so good. And when I was watching it, I was like, if Pixar, if this Pixar team made a Superman movie about Clark as a kid, and it's just about him growing up and you end it maybe when he goes to Metropolis, like that would just be so powerful, like stripping it back down to these archetypes. But I, my gut feeling says there's some kind of distinction for some reason, maybe people at Pixar said it, maybe people at Disney, but for some reason they are not willing to cross that stream yet. It just doesn't, it just doesn't seem like it. And they just announced they're going to do a Marvel Studios animation studio post what if look i'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward that, to what if i'm really looking forward to what if in terms of the stories they're going to tell in terms of that animation style it looks i have to say i don't know why they keep doing this it just looks like a motion comic marvel yep. had this really bad phase in the zeros where they would release yeah. a movie charge you 20 dollars for it on apple and it was just a motion comic and i feel like they're bringing that same energy to what if and I'm like, just in get the age... guys who did the original um, Fox Kids series and get them back. Yeah. Give them a massive budget because those. Oh, those do you know what? No, no, no. Those look be, great. Be, be, be careful what you wish for because when you actually rewatch the animation, it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's like it's six really, frames a really second. Bad. It's like. <laughs> Give me another pitch, dude. All right. So again, this one's. I wasn't sure what we meant by comic books, and I've tried to stay clear. But um, did you guys watch Battle Angel? Did you watch yeah. the awful Robin? Don't right, even get so, me started on it. Yeah, so it's a terrible adaptation. It's disgusting. Offensive. Um, oh, oh, um, Robert Rodriguez one. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. So what I've written here is Battle Angel Dennis Villeneuve or Villeneuve. I don't know. How oh to my it. gosh, that's a great call. Um, but yeah, his like because the comic is the the manga is deep and long and miserable and violent and and existential and. And the movie takes the worst bits of it, the bits that are saleable and that you can, like, you know, sell to an audience. It puts, like, so much stuff from the first three books into, like, that one movie. It just squeezes them all in there. And so you have to cut all the supporting cast and anything. Like, there's the the manga is just full of moments where people just sit and look at things or they look at the city or they have a brief conversation about the cat they used to have or whatever and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff has to just be sliced out so that you can have more 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 but yeah like i would i would love to see any really like any kind of sci-fi director i'd take a neil low camp version of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like somebody who can do like a who can do the setting justice because yeah because like she's fun in the in the series but she's not like like there's lots of long sections where she like you know it's asleep or or they replace her with another version I think the big thing in the movie that really and maybe i was reading too much into it but like they really push her having this infantile mind and her almost being a child and how she's discovering the world and then immediately they set up yes. that romantic relationship. It's like, yeah, so creepy. Else find this creepy. Also, this adding, is weird. Like, it didn't even it didn't even make sense either because like 
that's just the character that they yeah. like made up like the way that they did it and and just to try and i guess make it appealing to like people who watched hunger games 10 years ago i don't know yeah. what they're thinking well that's when but, the script um, was written yeah, isn't it, it like because it was in it was in development <laughs> oh, yeah and hell for ages and ages so i'm assuming that it was literally written james? like i wish i i wish cameron you know had what? taken it because then he could have used his magic powers where he reaches into people's pockets and takes the money out of them where his where his where his bland slightly average films become the most successful in the world and done that to Battle Angel, and then we would have years of it being some sort of franchise that people had heard of, and people would go out and buy the books. And maybe you get a yeah, better director absolutely. the second time. Like that's maybe. that's yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, I, mean, I like, feel you, like you, men- you mentioned Denis, and it's like Dune looks amazing, but we all know that it's going to make no money at the box office. Uh, oh yeah, I can't wait for that film. It's going to be such a giant failure. In fairness, though, yeah. like I really <laughs> like like when we were talking earlier on about weird films from DC, like I really like Cloud Atlas. Like it's not a good film. In many ways, it's it's wildly offensive in quite a lot of ways. But like, it's such a spectacular failure. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah. it's 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 it's, it's just fun mad. to see like a huge flop like that. Like, there's about to be a new one coming out soon because um, Disney made that Jungle Cruise yeah. movie, which oh obviously is to gosh. advertise the and it's got the Rock, you know, right, and he's yeah. wearing short shorts. But the thing is, I I I naively. I naively assumed that Disney had learned their lesson about these live action movies. And I assume that for a movie like that, your budget would probably be 50 to $100 million because you can probably make that back at some point on VOD or whatever. They spent a billion dollars. That movie cost over $200 million. And there is just no way they're making that back. That, you that know why? It's because they the still <laughs> foolishly hold on to the fact that will Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean made they, a lot they of They think money. they're going to get another Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, but the they difference know is going you to, don't but. have... The difference is Pirates of the Caribbean... That is a trope that has long been done. Like, there's been pirate movies since, like, the fucking 20s. Like, yeah, so and, it's a proven and, formula. And all you're doing is you're, like you're making a version of that with at the time one of the biggest stars in the world with a director who understands how to make rip-roaring action adventure or whatever, you know? It's not, nobody was like going to see that movie because they loved the Pirates. Like, well, maybe like two yeah, but no, audience, Yeah, like but it like, wasn't. It was, I think that, it's, it's I assume that most people didn't I'm like, know Jungle Cruise, it was a unless I'm right? Seeing, like, exactly. I'm like, Jungle Cruise, I think you unless, underestimate weird Disney adults. They account, they account for a big market. <laughs> of yeah, Disney. that's fair. Yeah, they are. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like they didn't. They didn't come out to see Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion movie. Yeah, they love that's that true. So I'm like, this is true. This is true. Well, it's because it's because they were in line for the Haunted Mansion. That's why they were busy. <laughs> I love I love yeah. Emily Blunt and The Rock. So I'm like, I would like to be pleasantly surprised, but I'm mostly just waiting for that movie because I'm like, how is this going to make its money? Back? I think it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it'll it it'll be a Lone Ranger, won't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Lone Ranger. All right, so I've got one more pitch. Uh, it's very long, so I'm not going to read the entire thing. I got a bit too deep and wrote like a treatment. Um, but essentially, it, well, it's, it's David Finch's Gotham Knights, right? So the pitch is there's never any Batman films about being a fucking detective, ever. None of the Batman films about being a detective. They're all about, about punching things. So it's... It's Batman by way of seven, essentially. Love it. Um, 
I've got Michael Fassbender as Batman, uh, Jessica Chastain as Batwoman, Barbara Gordon, you know, like, uh, I have Daniel Day-Lewis's Commissioner Gordon written down, but then when I started writing the story, I was all like, I need Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Javier Bardem <laughs> as Edward Nygma slash the Riddler. Oh, shit! Um, and then Naomi Watts as Selena, <laughs> Naomi Watts as Selena Kyle, Andrew Garfield as Dick Grayson. And, and Sir Anthony Hopkins as Alfred Pennyworth. Um, Hopkins. It's literally my. Well, what I'm what I'm picturing is a scene where Anthony Hopkins gives one of those speeches where he tells somebody that they're fucking stupid and really yeah. full of themselves and vain, and that they should pull themselves together because, like, I don't think there's anybody in the world who does that as well as him, right? Like, and and for my liking, all the Alfreds we usually get are a bit nice. Like, mm-hmm. I, I always thought that Alfred could do with being a little bit sterner yeah. because, like, he's had to actually raise. Bruce, right? Like actually, he's the one who's really done the parenting. That's like one of the few things I like about Gotham, even though I don't like um like the TV show, even though I don't like love military Alfred. Care for that show. The show has like uh this really legit like British character actor as as Alfred, and he is just scary as fuck. Like he's yeah. really, really and he's like he like, should be. And also, he, he... how else could you raise a sociopath like Bruce Bruce Wayne? If if you had a loving, right? caring parent figure. You, you wouldn't would turn out like swing. that, would you? Yeah, like, I am going to tell you, I think that sounds amazing, but I also think, I think that that is basically what the Batman is going to be. I think that from, from the so trailer... I was going to say, I didn't want to rain on your parade. I don't know if you've heard, but, but um, they've already announced the Batman is year two. And year one is actually going to be a TV show that mainly follows the Gotham PD with Batman making. It's not year one. Then. Batman's older and he's mm-hmm. sad and angry. Yeah, uh, we I'm get sick no. Year one. I don't need no, to hear it anymore. We get no Bruce Wayne. I do really like. Oh, yeah, year I love the year one comic, but I hate all these men. Yeah, I'm tired these of. I'm dudes tired. Who are always making Batman, and every time they're like, "It's year one," and I'm like, "Have you ever read the book? Because this is not what year one is about." Like first yeah, and, of all, it's and also it's I getting into like. <laughs> It's getting into like Superman backstory at territory where I'm a bit like, yeah, I know. I am fully aware That's of what, what his parents are dead. Year. We know. Yeah, it's like, just like, oh my I, God. I do think that I would love to see Detective Batman and I'm kind of excited because it seems like the new movie is going to be Batman having to be a, be a detective to solve yeah. these like Riddler serial killers, which is actually kind of similar to... They did that in a Telltale game where Riddler was like yeah. a Saw-esque serial killer. Yeah, that's um, kind of what I'm yeah. thinking. In fairness, Riddler's not important either. What I've got basically is an outline for a story where Batman is old and miserable and has given up on being Bruce Wayne. Uh, and he's sad because Dick gave up on the idea of being Robin and bailed. And he's, he's training to be a lawyer. Uh, uh, oh, and so, <clears throat> and then he's got Barbara, who's there. She's still Batwoman. She's basically doing his job as well as him. But he can't quite accept that she's the one who should take over mm-hmm. because he can't. His colossal, endless vanity means that he can't accept that the boy who looked like him yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. the ideal replacement. Dude, this like, sounds he made amazing. A mistake you, should, 20... you should keep this one in your back pocket. You never know when someone's going to need a new Batman script. Well, yeah, that's what I think. Well, it's, I, I always think of it, it makes me sad now, obviously, but I always think of that interview with Ben Affleck where they talked about how he'd, he'd been offered the idea to do a Batman film and he'd gone along and been all like, I got a script, guys. I've already written a Batman film. I wrote it years ago because I love Batman. And it, it makes me really sad yeah, because for Ben Affleck would probably be well. better than, like, you know, yeah. what we got from Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, I mean, anything would be better than what we got from Ben Affleck's Batman. But, you know, I have like. To say, I'm just, I, I have yet to find the contemporary 
Batman. Apart from, I like a lot of the animated Batman stuff. Like I, yep. the Batman Ninja Turtles movie is surprisingly great. It's like the Bat Family movie that I never knew it's I needed. It's great. I love it's it. It's so yeah. good. And, and it's also a really great martial yeah. arts movie because they give all the different characters different fighting styles. But um, like, yeah. I don't in I don't even really, I mean, I know this is like sacrilege, but I really don't even like the Nolan movies. Like I mean, I, now in my age, I'm just like, it's not oh, for me. Oh, okay. Like I like Batman. I, I like Batman in the comics. I, I love, I still love the Tim Burton Batman movies because they're weird and they're dark and they're gothic, like yep. all the stuff I like about Batman. But I, I want to see that. The reason that I'm excited for the Matt Reeves Batman movie is one, because Robert Pattinson as Batman is like genius cursed cast. Yeah, that's like, going to be spectacular. He is so unreal now in these wild roles, like Good Time and, and High Life and stuff like well, and even in smaller parts, like he brought Tenet to life in a way that oh, nothing oh else God. did. And also, like, I I will never, I will never ever be able to tell him how grateful I am for adding the gay subtext to that movie. Yeah, like, so, so gay. Much. Like, oh my God. Well, I just, I just love the fact that apparently for this they were like, cool. So we're going to get you the top trainers and a diet. And he's like, no, I'll just see you when we start rolling. And they're like. You're, you're gonna work out though and he's like no i'll just see you when we start rolling <laughs> the rumors are that him and matt reeves are not getting on well and i think it's because matt reeves matt it doesn't reeves surprise is like me very, at I all spoke, i spoke to matt reeves <laughs> about his amazon show that he did that was based on this series of art photos which was really interesting and he mm. was very open to me and just started talking about batman because we we're talking about humanism and storytelling and he clearly has this really cool vision for the movie right but i feel like the studio system doesn't necessarily understand the reason people have been getting these great performances out of Rob is because they, he's working with these auteurs like Claire Denis or, um, you know, the brothers who go, Safety the brothers. Safety brothers, like, and I, there is a freedom in those kind of performances and, and yeah. a space to, and yeah. I don't necessarily know if the stifling studio system of Batman is going to be, mm the space for that but then again tenet was made within the wb mm. system and i do agree with pat that that is yeah. but it, the best the thing, thing about that movie even if he hates making it the one great thing we're going to get is he'll probably do another terrible director's commentary like he did for the twilight series the dream and i watched that's the it best thing recently about it, it's so good well i'm my, my hope <laughs> is commentary is fantastic it's so good it's it's just a blessing like we watched it like not even like a month ago me and my friend jazz were watching it and like it's so good but my my hope is that even if it's a creative struggle, I would love to see. I think that Christopher Bale as Christian Bale as as Batman is great casting because you want to see like a you want to mm. see uh, Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne is great casting. You want to yeah. see an American Psycho yeah. style, but but they didn't commit to that. Instead, he's just the simple playboy and mm. he's a bit in love with some guy. You to be Batman, you have to be crazy. Yes, it's well, the that's what I want. Yeah. And I think that is something that Rob could bring. See, I don't know if you have ever seen um, the deleted scenes from Schumacher's Batman Forever, which is, I will I will defend that movie until I die. So we can, we can be Hit alongside each other because I'm not a that. huge fan of that, but I'm the biggest Batman and Robin stand. Like, I've written a I really like that about it. Watch, if you watch the deleted scenes, there's like a sequence where Bruce talks to a giant bat. And the bat is telling him what he George needs Schumacher, to do. Gay icon. And there's like loads of extended scenes where he's just looking out the window and just being weird. And Schumacher understood that like you have to be a psychopath to be Batman. And DC said we can't sell it, toys. Oh Stop yeah, well making that was the curse weird. of that was the curse of those eight is Batman and nineties Batman movies because it's like there's that one moment in Batman eighty nine where um, 
the Joker's like facing down against Keaton's Bruce, and it and he and he you know he's uh he's like you want to get crazy like and he's got and he's like gonna fight him, and I was like that's the nature of I love that. I was what like that's that? Bruce Wayne's nature. Is it a vinyl? That is the art oh, wow. of Batman yeah, forever. And it is, is that, so good. Like, is that a charity shop purchased really, by any chance? Really, <laughs> I've had this since the film came out. This is one of my prized possessions. Oh, oh yes, that's baby. so cute. <laughs> yes, I've had this since 1995. Um, but like, like, so one of the things that like he gets slack about is, you know, the costumes and the nipples. But when you read his thinking behind that, it was based on old Centurion uniforms and, oh, yeah. and you know, and costumes. Look. And it's because Batman is modern iconography and he was trying to reinterpret that. And people don't understand that there was so much love and art went into that film. But also people, even in the nineties and I mean, even now, but people were so scared of embracing the thing that made Batman popular when it was the 66 show, which was the homoeroticism. Yeah. Like that's always been there. It's super that gay. Adult, you, you're never, nobody's ever doing a cool, realist the closest thing actually is titans which i'm like a diehard stand for because i just think it's very brave um but no one really is give me give me rainbow back like nobody is really bothered to do a um to do like a a kid living with batman right the dc titans show on hbo that used to be on dc universe is the closest thing where you have teens but if you're doing two adult men who dress up in costumes and go out and beat people up and live in the same house that shit's gay it was so gay that in 66 they had to add aunt harriet to be like she is a woman living in this house so these men are not living alone like that is legitimate and then i hate I think aunt harriet so will stop them from having sex don't worry yeah, don't worry and um, she can't can't even stop them from going out they'll just be like we're going on a fishing trip and then they're off like causing some chaos in Gotham but like she um fishing yeah fishing trip. trip that's a regular occurrence on 66 <laughs> but like the, I think it's really sad that the the hatred for those Schumacher movies a lot of it is intrinsically tied into not liking the aesthetic and not understanding mm. it like because actually I, I really Batman like the movies, weird neon like I think it that makes kind sense. of it works oh, like and, and it makes gotham otherworldly in a different way to burton's version but in a way that it needs to be and there's yeah. nothing as boring as 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 christopher nolan's it gotham is chicago like it's Do you just remember so everyone dull saying, when those movies came out everyone would be like this is a great movie even if it doesn't have batman that's the problem for me i like is yeah it a great it's not a batman movie? film cool. but if it doesn't if it doesn't need to have batman and it's not specific to gotham then, then what am i then, yeah what? I see. I see a lot of people make the make the um, the quote that like, oh well, well the Dark Knight is is Heat, but with Batman in it. It's like Heat already has De Niro and Pacino in it. I don't need yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and, and, and it's, it, it exists and, I, and it's great. I do love. Like, I have. I'm grateful to those movies because my job probably wouldn't exist without the success of those. And I yeah, Man. that's fair. Like, yeah. I'm living in a world where I get paid to talk about these things and to write about these things. When WandaVision came out, I mean, I was writing articles about Wonder Man. I was writing, I got to write a whole article about Bova and like Wanda's cow mom and, and all this, and we're in this space where this stuff has this huge cultural literacy. And there's so many people who found Batman and respect comic book movies because of those Nolan movies. I'm just not one of them. Like I'm a hater. I also do think yeah. that I read a really, really great article um, by this really brilliant writer called Sidan. And it's all about um, Batman the dark like recontextual looking back at the dark knight and basically the way that it treats policing and the way that it looks at like another... civilization and, and yeah, it's and very it's... it very much fits into that wider idea of these movies 
rather than being about subverting the general order and going against stuff, they always become about uh, promoting the, the status well, quo. It's you know? a very military fetishistic movie series as well. Like it's got that same mm-hmm. thing as Marvel, which makes me, yeah, like what I, what I was thinking is there's a lot of Batman stuff that I've never, like I like the family. I like the Batman family. I like the I idea. I love the Bat family. I, I like, I like, I like, all of the I like spoiler and and yeah. and huntress and stuff. I really want some of those characters back. And I really like I really like the yeah. detective parts of Batman. And I really, really enjoy like um any Batman comic where there's like a deep, hard mystery which is mm-hmm. genuinely confusing. And then when you get to the end, it's not like the kind of mystery where you're all like, ah, all the pieces were there and I could have put it together, but I didn't. It's the kind of mystery where you're all like, well, I'm not clever enough to solve that, but I guess Batman is. Um, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, 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 exactly, like, that's, exactly. that's the point. It shouldn't be something that I could put together because I'm not smart enough to put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, not the world's greatest detective. Yeah, like, yeah. and that's the thing. And I want, like, I, there's a lot of Batman stuff from the comics that I, like, I know that I know that Identity Crisis isn't a popular touching stone, and I understand why. But, like... Hey, look, I will oh say God. something. I used to be... I used to just think that there was so much good in that book, and I do still think it works as a mystery. I just think that in the wider context of... The way that superhero comics treat women, there's a lot of very, very realistic. Yeah, critiques. that's totally. Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. definitely. When it's, I, it's, gu- it's guilty when of fridging. When I first read and, it, yeah. I did think that that was such an interesting mystery with a really, really, really uh, brutally like heartbreaking decision of who the killer was. Like, well, and what I yeah, and what I really yeah. like about Identity Crisis is the fact that they start off and all the. Justice League, like, let's go out beating people up. And Batman's all like, I'll be at my computer. And then it repeatedly cuts back to him and everybody else is doing superhero stuff. And he's just there looking at like newspaper clippings and like going through files. And like, that's the Batman I want. Like, I want the Batman who a lot of the time is all like, I don't need to be out on the street. I've got, I've got thinking to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so I'm going to suggest that you personally watch it. it's not a beloved show and I get it right but that DC Titans show if you can get past I don't mind the edgy shit but if if you can get past like Robin saying like fuck Batman or whatever the way that they treat the family in that and the way that Robin has learned from Batman is yeah. very much in that vein like Dick is the only thing I will say is I do, I do agree with you Titans is incredible I say I do agree with Titans is incredible. However, the worst Batman. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the choice they made with it, but I kind of appreciate the fact that he's so irrelevant. Like, because it's not the point of the show, you know. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, it's It's not about him. Yeah, I like that the the retire in that show. They do something that is kind of annoying because I wish they'd just do it with the real characters. But in my opinion, like when in that show you begin when Robin is retired and he is very much like the Batman I would want to see which is a Batman who works on facts and who works on evidence and who works on detective work and then they do Connor as Superboy um I think in the second season but that is the best Superman representation I've ever seen on the screen he is the baby who's also just this fucking nightmare Superpowered alien, and like, he has crypto. And, 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 and he has crypto. I didn't realize and, um, Superboy was in it. Tell me what you've been reading or watching this week. What have I been reading? Okay, Rosie, you first. I, it's not comic book centric, but I will 100% recommend this to every single person because it's some of the best stuff I've seen all year. I watched all three Fear Street movies on Netflix. 
based on an R.L. Stein kids series of horror novels that if you're in England were known as point horror. And it seems like it's just going to be some Stranger Things-esque nostalgia bait, but it's three movies, one set in 1994, one set in 1978, and one set in 1666. And it is this radical slasher movie series about generational oppression and class. And it is just so badass. Like I, I've been off work the last month and I've been so gutted. I haven't had, I haven't been able to write about it because it is, <laughs> it's, and they're also just great horror movies, but if you like horror that has an analogous nature and it's got queer leads and all the characters that you want to survive who usually would never survive past the first five minutes in a slasher movie are the final people. Like it is brilliant. Mm. Like Lee Yaniak who made um, Honeymoon, which is really great with indie horror. She directed them. And that is just, they blew me away. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel very lucky to be living in a time where we can have these deconstructed meta takes but that go so much past like the first one is a bit like it's the 90s with the music but the storytelling the cast the leads are queer uh queer characters like it is just i, I was blown away and by the end when it who the bad guy is the kind of nature of the generational trauma it's very radical like I, it's another thing i can't believe it got made i'm like i'm glad nice. that it got made but i, I couldn't cool. believe it got made well patrick uh i mean on your rec- on your recommendation i watched i think you should leave on the Netflix, uh, which which was, I mean, sketch show style, it was hit and miss for me, obviously, and you're not going to enjoy all of them, but the ones that, yeah. that got me just destroyed me. Some of them were <laughs> so good. I prefer the first season to the second, yeah, uh, but all in, yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, and I watched uh, I watched Prisoners uh, with, with Jake oh, Gyllenhaal and, and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I've, no, I've never seen it. Um, and I... We've watched Arrival recently, and I've Have been you like, Sicario? you know, no, not yeah, it's on the list Get now, on though. Um, Get on Sicario. But yeah, like, uh, I was, I was really amazed by that. It's, it's obviously, it's beautifully shot. It's unbelievably framed and shot. Um, I really, I'm really getting into Jake Gyllenhaal's bizarre mannerisms that he gives all his characters. Like, have you seen, his character... have you seen Okja yet? No. Okay, so Okja is. In my opinion, the closest thing we'll ever get to a, a live action Studio Ghibli movie. It's made by Bong Joon-ho. It's on Netflix. It was a Netflix original and it is unbelievable. And it's about a girl who raises a genetically modified pig who becomes her best friend. And Jake Gyllenhaal is in it in one of his best, most outrageous roles. You won't believe it. So, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. It's and so like, good. In general, I really like, like in, in Prisoners, he was very blinky. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, no, yeah, just kind of blinked a lot. Yeah, like, but it was just like, he just gives these characters just this little bit of like, odd, like, odd kind of like, like in Nightcrawler, like he's kind mm. of like, oh. they feel like really round people, despite yeah. the fact that we only see as much of them as you would in other films, just because of the depth he gives the performance. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really blew me away. Also, Hugh Jackman is genuinely terrifying when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, like he's always being, re- he's always so nice, and I really like. I mean, I, I've got very into the the greatest showman version of Hugh Jackman over the last couple of years. So yeah, like it's it, it it was it was it was weird to see him like beyond Wolverine in a in a genuinely terrifying kind of space. But yeah, yeah. I so thought, I, I just want to quickly talk about. I saw a documentary called Summer of Soul, which was oh, about yeah. a concert that happened in Harlem in 1969. It was the same summer as Woodstock. And it featured just the most insane lineup of Jesse Jackson spoke, Sly Stone performed, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Stevie Wonder, like just an insane amount of soul, gospel, funk, 
um, it was probably the biggest collection of American artists and American concert goers up to that point. And uh, basically this happened in 69 and because of Woodstock, it was kind of like forgotten the zeitgeist and uh, Questlove, the drummer from The Roots, he'd always known about it and had always wished that there'd been footage. And he was end up, he ended up speaking to one of the performers and they were like, there is footage, like they just never released it. So Questlove went on this insane journey to find it. He bought the original reels, had it remastered, had the sound remastered so it's in 4K. And then he interviewed all the people that took part in it. And just like, apart from the fact it's a phenomenal concert, when you realize all the things that were happening at that time, like it was an eight night concert. And one of the nights was the 20th of, of July, 1969, which is when Matt landed on the moon. And then, you know, in 69, 69 followed the Kennedy assassination. Uh, Martin Luther assassination, Malcolm X's assassination, and then Rick Nixon came into power. So there was these insane kind of like, there was a tension in the air and black people didn't really feel comfortable and Latino people didn't feel comfortable and it was not a great place to be gay. There was so much happening. And so as well as covering this incredible concert, the movie covers that atmosphere and that feeling of like, mm. what was America and what were the politics? And I, I just can't, I can't emphasize enough how much people need to see it. It's a phenomenal concert, it's a phenomenal documentary, um, Summer of Soul. I don't. I think it might be streaming in the states. And if you're in the UK and Europe, it's on Curzon Cinemas. Um, but it's it's, it's going to be. It's on Hulu here. Okay. So if you're in America, you can watch it on Hulu. Yeah, and I, I can't cool. recommend it enough. Thank you both so much, Rosie. Thank you. You were fantastic. Thank yeah, thank you um, so much for joining. Us. Up, so much fun. Thank you for having me. We ended up me. chatting so much geekery. We did, didn't even do that many pictures. But yeah, we'll do a part two. <laughs> Um, I did plenty. I got so loads many. of pinches. I, I did. I did some tangential pinches. <laughs> no, but thank you both so much. I appreciate it. Um, everyone that's listening, make sure to check out Rosie's work and, and follow her. Rosie, where can they find uh, you? I'm on Instagram at Rosie Marks M A R X, um, and I'm on like Nerdist, What to Watch, Den of Geek, IGN. There's a ton of places you can read all my thoughts. Fantastic. I would which are recommend, generally just like this, but right. I would now. recommend <laughs> Rosie's piece about uh, Alice Marbles. I thought that was oh, really, really cool. Like thank that you one so really. Much. Uh, and also the Stan Lee piece that you wrote when he died, which. Oh which made some effort to go into the nuances of Stanley as a person, as opposed to just being all like, he's all of our granddad. Isn't it sad that he's dead? And it being a bit One like... of my favorite pieces I ever wrote. I'm so, so glad that the, the editor Esquire asked me to write an obituary. And yeah. I was like, I can't do that, but I can do this. And he was like, please do that. And he gave um, me the space to write like 5,000 words about it. And that's one of my things I'm proud of. So thank you. Uh, oh, and the thing about the zine libraries as well, that was also super fascinating. I really enjoyed that. Thank uh, you. Yeah, no, yeah, I read loads of your work the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. No, thank we're really so honored to have you on here. So thank you. Appreciate cool. you. Yeah, no, I'm so awesome. stoked, dude. Anytime. Thank you. I'm it's gonna let you guys go. Everyone at home, thank you for listening to us. Um, I'll be doing a hip hop episode soon. You know what to do. Like us, subscribe, tell all your friends about it, panels and bars. We'll see you next time.